Darla's quest for exceptional love brought her through difficult relationships, but God was getting ready to do a great work right in her life. My whole life has been this journey, a quest for exceptional love. God creates us with this desire to and need to feel loved. However, we don't really understand that it's God's love that we're really looking for. So growing up, feeling abandoned and alone, I really felt love starved. I felt like I wasn't enough. And I felt like if I ever received any kind of attention or love, then I had to earn it. And this was set up just from my childhood, from my experiences, from my role models. My mom and dad were very codependent because of the brokenness in their lives that they never worked through. And that's not to say that they're to blame for it, but we must understand that how we act in our lives and the healthiness of our relationships does affect our children. And it sets up this model of what we expect as normal. So in my life, I tended to um, think that it was normal for people to be upset or, or call you names or do things like that, as long as they apologize, especially if they're Christians, they apologize and it's all okay. But that's not healthy and that's not good. And then those are not the right things to do. That's not Christ's love. But you see, that's what I grew up with. And then as I grew up as a teenager, then you start saying, oh, well, boys see me as attention, not the right kind of attention, just so you know, <laughs> and looking for love in all the wrong places. But you do what you know in life. So I come from this brokenness. I come from what I think is supposed to be love. And then I start dating at 15, which ended up in a date rape when I tried to break up with him. Now, this is devastating. A lot of people have gone through this and, and statistics are, are really, really bad about this. But one of the worst things that happened to me in the, the traumatic rape was the fact that what my dad said to me. Now, my dad couldn't handle what was going on. I understand that now. And so because of that, it was to blame me for what happened. And it was also to just kind of tell me that, you know, I was kind of used goods now. So how could I ever be find good love? When he said that at 15, it shattered every part of me to the core. You know, my dad was supposed to um, protect me and love me and, you know, do all those things. And the thing I didn't realize when my dad did that, it also affected how I saw God, my father. So we'll just freeze frame that for a little bit later because I want you to keep that in your head that a lot of times what happens, we don't realize subconsciously sets us up for how we see things in the spiritual realm and how we see Jesus and how we see God. So I share this because then what happened in my life was at 18, I accepted the first marriage proposal because I thought, wow, I'm lucky anybody wants me if I'm so terrible. And even though he had already started the abuse, which I didn't know was abuse, he was just having a bad day and blew up at me and took it out on me. But as a good Christian, I forgave him. You know, you see the cycle starts setting up and I didn't even realize what was going on because one, I didn't even understand what abuse and the types were. So you start out your life with this forming of this love design that you don't even realize is broken and imperfect and full of craziness sometimes. And even if you come in from the best of families, there's still going to be things that just don't quite mesh. Or you think that 
every person you meet, especially your spouse, is going to be as wonderful as your dad. And then you realize these things about them and go, what is going on? So you see, we just come to our relationships with two different broken love designs and then becomes what I call the battle of the wills. It's which one are we using? And well, this one's better and this one's worse and this is how I cope and this is how I don't. So we're continually doing this and in abusive situations, it becomes even more volatile. Um, to add to my problems in my first marriage, um, the abuse began, but also the spiritual abuse. And I knew nothing about spiritual abuse for years. In fact, I don't think people even gave it a name for years. And what that happens in the 80s when I was married, um, as my two sons were born and they began being abused as well, I started confiding in a Christian lady that you know I thought I could trust. And um, that resulted in her telling me some verses that just ended up shaming me and blaming me for the abuse that I'd gotten. But this happens because, I mean, now I understand what happened, but this happens because people are not taught about abuse. They don't know how to support people in abuse and they don't understand God's word for themselves. So turning the other cheek is not the thing to say when you're being abused, you know, that you have to forgive them and continue acting like nothing is wrong is not it. Um, Submitting is not it, you know, all this stuff. And I thought, surely this cannot be God's will. So I went and talked to my pastor and I received the same misquoted scriptures out of context and totally blaming the victim. Now I share this because it's still happening today. I talked to a lady three months ago, same thing happened. And my heart just wrenches because we don't have the education we need to understand what's going on. Um, I also share this just to, to let people know that this is what spiritual abuse is. When you use scriptures or um, God's word, God's authority to um, beat up on the victims and not support them. So as this went along and I learned this, it was like, okay, I've got one little thing in my head again. But again, after my first marriage, I was just love starved. And it's like, okay, I just want to be loved. And for women, that is one of our key, key core elements. And when we don't feel loved and cherished, that desire goes out in many forms. Um, as, as I talk in the book too, fantasy, some other stuff too. But I started seeking another person because one, I was love starved and two, I didn't believe that I could raise my kids myself. So I ended up marrying my second abusive husband who was also a Christian or proclaimed to be, I should say. And so that lasted four years and about, but halfway through it, I realized I'm in trouble. This is not going to work. And anyway, he ended up leaving and splitting. And so it took another two years, but again, I'm love starved and I'm not trying to figure this out in God's way. I'm working on my own. Well, this didn't work and that didn't work. And my first husband was physically abusive and the bad boy, but I traded up because this one's only mentally abusive and a little sexually abusive. So that's not as bad. So you see what happens is we do learn, we do trade up, but the problem is trading up to what? (laughs) So I ended up um, marrying the third time to a fun guy, you know, and he had a lot of fun in life and he was a Christian and it all looked so great and wonderful. 
but he had a drug habit that got out of control again. And so halfway through my third marriage, my third abusive marriage, I remember sitting, I was 34 years old. It was my birthday and I was alone. And I remember going, so here I am again, God. What in the world do I keep getting wrong? And I heard his voice say, it's just you don't have all the pieces. So Darla, how did things change after that? It was those words from him. So I ran and got my Bible. And the first, you know, you how you sometimes just open your Bible and it happens. I'm not saying that's <laughs> always what you should do. But I do believe it was God's divine intervention because it opened up to Matthew 22, um, 29, which says we err because we don't know the scriptures or the power of God. So when he said I didn't know the missing pieces and I had this verse, I said, okay, God, I have done it my way all these years. And clearly I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough <laughs> what I need, but you do. So from this moment on, I commit that I will learn what your love's about, what Christ loves about, and I am going to figure this out so I never ever end up in this situation again. So the third marriage, he ended up walking out because he didn't want to change his ways, but it was very different this time. You see, I had spent five years, five or six years from that point on, just looking in God's word and studying God's word and drinking it and joining Bible studies and asking questions and, and all as this went, he started showing me this path of, okay, first I had to understand my brokenness and my messages that I had gotten all confused and wrong and that the enemy had used. I had to understand my unawareness of domestic abuse and what God's word said. So he started walking me down this path of discovering what was going on with me as truth now. Then I discovered what Jesus was about and what his love really means in the first and second commandments and how those fruits of the spirit really work in our lives. And then it was like, okay, now let's implement it in our lives. And when you don't walk with Jesus and live in his love design, then you end up with domestic abuse. What happens when you're a Christian and you're an abuser? In reality, when we are the abuser and we are Christian, there's no reason that Christ can't heal our hearts as we work with him and train ourselves to be different. But that's a whole nother story too. But the victim can also say, okay, what do I think about love that I thought it was okay for people to disrespect me, to dishonor me, to use me, to manipulate me, to abuse me, to abandon me. All of those things are not God's will. And then how do I set boundaries and all of those things? So I say all this just because the book is this, this path that leads you through each step because you can't, you can't run before you start walking. You know? Join us for part two as Darla shares how she met and married her current husband but this time did it God's way, right here on The Call with Nancy Cebedo.